also, you know, the thing about the NWA is, yes, it's the it's it's the longest running um, organization in professional wrestling, but it it it's kind of hit the reset button. It's a rookie now, in a, in a lot of ways. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, a valid point, you might say. And we're recording. So, well, hello and welcome to This is the NWA. It's a podcast that celebrates the history, legacy, and tradition of one of the greatest wrestling entities of all time, the National Wrestling Alliance. And I am your host, Gary Horn. And this is the YouTube Rewatch number four, where we revisit the modern NWA in its YouTube infancy. They're basically just uh, getting their start again after the purchase from William Patrick Corgan. <laughs> and that scoffing you can hear. <laughs> is... I'm sorry. He will always be Billy Corgan to me. Yeah, I think he's. I think he goes by Billy again now. Actually, I think Josephus is going to make a reference to that. In Good. Fact. <laughs> um, uh, the scoffing you hear is my co-host for this YouTube rewatch, and that's Miles Griffin. Good evening, good morning. Oh, Miles, welcome to the show. And uh, Miles had been tasked, uh, if you're following along with the show, and I hope you are if you're listening to this, in the This is the NWA YouTube channel, we have a lot of playlists set up. Miles watched YouTube playlist number four, and uh, so he's caught up with us where we're at on our YouTube rewatch. I think Miles is approaching this a little differently than the last two guests we've had on, if I'm not mistaken, because Miles, you have only seen YouTube playlist number four, correct? Correct. Yeah, so that's an interesting This is approach. my first interaction with the NWA, period. Yeah. I had heard about it, and as as a lot of nerds do when you when you kind of get into something, you might read up on the history and everything, but I had never really gone back and and followed a lot of the NWA stuff. I pretty much, you know, was on and off with the WWE through the the 90s and the 2000s and now. All right, so that's a good place to start off because I think Justin had the advantage of he started off talking about the very first playlist. So he saw, like, once the purchase happened, the very first stuff the NWA was putting out, Fred came on, and he had watched all of the stuff that Justin watched and had some commentary on it, and then he watched his assigned task uh, and ended up making episodes two and three. But you're coming in, like a lot of people might, and you're starting off like somewhere in the middle. You're just like picking it up. Well, and the reason I did that, because, you know, when you had uh, asked me to, to do this initially, you were talking about how you wanted people who didn't have much experience with the NWA and to get kind of a, a pure experience from that. Right. And so that's why I, I didn't, I tried not to read too much like uh, of the the backstory and stuff on a lot of these people and not watch the stuff outside of what I was assigned just to get a kind of a pure reaction of what I saw as a newcomer to, to so I could I could see like is this friendly for newcomers is there a jumping on point where if I'd never watched it would I keep engaged and 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 you know honestly as a spoiler alert yeah I I thought from where I entered I was fine though the one thing that the uh the NWA does very well is it recaps things sometimes a little much, <laughs> but it does keep you up to date to where even if I had never heard the, the name Nick Aldis, if I watch three videos, I know who he is. I know what he's all about. And so the next time I see a match, I know the stakes. And right. I think that is a, a very good thing to do from a storytelling perspective. I think you're right. Um, one of the cool things about them is that 
first of all, I mean, that is something they have to consider at all times, I would imagine, because the thing is, is you're trying to build your audience. Now, the danger for any of these companies, not I don't know if danger is the right word, but the thing to consider is, is that a lot of people might be seeing your show for the first time every episode. Right. You know, like it might be somebody new is watching and they're not going to take the time to go back and dig through the archives and see everything that's happened Which before. Which is weird for me because if I'm interested in watching wrestling and YouTube is, I mean, especially for someone like that has an archive from the NWA, why wouldn't I not do that? Like, why would I not start from, from the very first episode? Like, I think I think the argument might be that it's daunting. Uh, for example, uh, so the myself, the guys in AEW, um, they have a YouTube show that's been going on for a while now, and it's called Being the Elite. And in Being the Elite, I personally have never watched it. And I always think about watching it just to see what they're doing. So we're starting a new podcast in about two months where Gary and I are going to go through all of being the elite. Yeah, there you go. Maybe that'll maybe that'll happen. But so my point being, though, is that it's it feels daunting to jump into it. Like, it's confusing. Like, do I jump into it right now? Yeah. Or do I try to go back in? I think they're like 100 or so episodes in. Now, they're short, just like these NWA right. episodes are. But it's still, it's like... God, that's a See, lot of for stuff. For me, I, and I, I know it's because I'm a big nerd, but like for me, that's like Scrooge McDuck diving into that money bin. Like <laughs> I am so excited. I have so much content to go through. I've, I've, I guess because I've never personally understood the it's so daunting because the, the question always has to be, what do you want to read? Do you want to read, you know, Spider-Man because it's cool now or do you want to read Spider-Man? You don't have to start at issue one. You can start with this story. And it gives you enough context, or you can pick up a couple different things. I think, especially in the internet age, it's so much easier to organize your information that I don't think that anything really can be too daunting, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I just think that when you sign up for a show, like, say, at the time of this recording, we're in the final, like, God, I think there's two episodes left of Game of Thrones. If somebody wants to pick up that show right now, it is not a show that you could just start right now. It's only got two episodes left. Do you want to know a secret? What? That's what I did last uh, the last season. Is I watched everything until the finale because oh. I had because I had I had gotten behind on it, so I just restarted the whole show. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, but again, that's the kind of person I am. Sure, I understand. sure. And I'm saying for like a lot of people, if they look at this and they're like, "There's seven seasons of this." I mean, a lot of people. I mean, binge watching is absolutely a thing. Yeah, and I and I do it with shows, but it's just like you have to. You have to sign up for it. You right. have to be like, I, all right, I, I am going to stick this out. I guess part of me is that's where kind of my empathy dies a little bit because it's like, well, you know, people have been trying to tell you for a while just because it's massively popular now. Because, you know, if the NWA skyrockets, that same person's going to be like, oh, man, I want to watch all these episodes. I'm going to catch up. And I was like, well, we told you for a while to, you know, watch this stuff. Well, in regards to wrestling, though, I mean, imagine if somebody wants to get into WWE right now. I mean, they can't go back to the no, beginning. No, but again, that my my Scrooge McDuck metaphor fits because any time that I've wanted to get back into wrestling, because I've dropped out for many, many years. In fact, before I started uh, hanging out with you and, and Justin, I had not followed it for a while. You just start watching it again. I mean, because yeah. the cool thing, and this brings it back to what we're starting, is wrestling... They have that kind of soap st storytelling and that, that they will do these kind of uh, repetitious things to, one, push the story forward, but also catch other people up. 
So even if you don't know who X is, I had never heard of most of these people except for James Ellsworth before beginning this uh, watch through. And through these, what was it, 21 videos that we watched? Yeah, something like that. I feel like I have a grasp on everybody that I watch. I, I feel like I know what the NWA is about. I feel like I know what these wrestlers are about. Like everything was communicated in this small little chunk of time. And on in that respect, I think the NWA storytelling is fucking killer. Well, that's good. I'm good. I'm glad that you like it. Um, and, and although I'm playing devil's advocate here, I will say that it's worth your time if uh, if you're new to the NWA, uh, you're not too deep that you can't go back and watch some of the stuff. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, and and the Tim Storm stuff to me, especially, is is well worth watching. Oh. He only gets a little play in these episodes that we see. And but I got everything I needed from the first video with Josephus, <laughs> which. That was such a great starting point because I'm a person that loves characters and I miss when the WWE had a ton of like characters. Right. So the first thing I get is this video that opens up with like some nice shots of the, the wilderness and then this, this bushy bearded dude with reading glasses is philosophizing for a minute. And then we go into this whole thing about Tim Storm and his, uh, this, this whole, like he lost three percent of his vision, and it's just it's, it's, this this rant just turns crazy, and I love it. <laughs> and then we go into his spiritual advisor, and like from that first video, I was just like, "Oh man, uh, I am in." <laughs> so that first video you're talking about would be uh, technically number forty four. I, I don't think I'm going to start counting all of these. It's just getting ridiculous. It's just the next video. It's called Josephus makes an offer to Tim Storm from his 45-day period of contemplation. Uh, it's so good. Like <laughs> it is good. It's, it's, it's showing him walking down the dirt road. Uh I think his first slide is the long long the long lonely road of self is filled with cows grazing along the yeah, way. Yeah, cuz isn't he reading um Jean-Paul Sartre or he something? He sure is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's day 14. Day 11 he's playing the bass. <laughs> <laughs> Day 14, nature, nature brings us back to oneness with who we are. That's a quote from his spiritual advisor. Although we've never seen her talk. No. Never see her talk at all, but uh, apparently she said that to him. But yeah, he's reading Being in Nothingness by John Paul Sartre. This is because I am my own detachment. I am my own nothingness. Simply because I am my own mediator between me and me. All objectivity disappears. Being in nothingness, Jean-Paul Sartre. I sent a text after watching this. and Oh, it was a simple text. It wasn't anything bad. It just said, this Josephus stuff is a trip. Yeah. And I, I was all in. And it's one of those things where we always kind of, I, it didn't click with me until towards the end of the video. I'm like, oh, he's kind of the bad guy. And typically in, in, in wrestling, the bad guys are super kinetic. They're more interesting. You know, yeah. the baby faces, as long as they're, they, are, uh, they have enough charisma to hold the mic and, and talk and not sound like an idiot, that's what they're supposed to do. Something you're touching on a lot is something that, you know, Fred and I, in our uh, chats about wrestling, sometimes we, we get into disagreements. Like, he's he's more of a... <laughs> Constantly. <laughs> uh, on the Psychotronic Discord, I have to listen to these two yahoos go back and forth. I typically end up agreeing with you. Well, um, yeah, and, and I mean, it's not that Fred's wrong about some things. He, he's he very... You can say it. Fred's wrong. Well, Fred, I feel like, is very... Uh, much in Fred that I'm referring to as the guest on last week's show. He's very much an in-ring performance kind of guy. Absolutely. And he, he seems to not 
think that story and character are as important as producing in the ring, which I get. I, I get it. I don't agree, but yeah. I get it. Yeah. They're, I, they, are, they are both equally important to delivering an entertaining wrestling show. I think it's a nice combination of all of these things. Like, right. In-ring performance is great, especially if you're already a fan of the product, like you're right. already a fan of the show, then it takes it another level that these guys produce like a hell of a match. But the, I, my whole thing always is that the thing that makes you care, the thing that's interesting about the match is who these people are. Right. And why it's important that they're fighting. Ab- no, absolutely. I, and I it agree. helps that it pays off in the match. But you first got to get people right. invested into it. I love that you're, you're, you're emphasizing to me as if I was arguing against you. And I'm like, no, no, listen I, me, I am on your side. You listen to me. <laughs> and I'm just kidding, Fred. You know I love you. But but yeah, it, I think that the character is very important. So what what's really cool about the NWA thus far, if you've been following along, Tim Storm was the baby face of all baby faces. Yeah. Like he's he is a school teacher. He's an older guy. He's like the... Wiley better. He, he checks off all those like those the, the things you want. The every man, the good family man. He does the right thing. Like he, he just he he embodies like you said, the baby face. He's everything that you could possibly want in a good guy wrestler. And then Nick Aldis comes along. Now he's like the young buck. Like he's arrogant, he's or, or confident, and he thinks he deserves the spot. There's a heelish quality to him, but he's and, also and like this, this honorable. Is the problem I have with Nick Aldis, not not Nick Aldis personally. Nick Aldis, the character is. It, they seem to I, kind of. I was go- about to say because I'm sure he. You could say it to his face if you have a problem I, with Nick Aldis. I don't have a problem with Nick Aldis. I'm just the writing for his <laughs> character. They seem to kind of don't m- backpedal now, Miles. I'm not backpedaling. <laughs> they seem to want to put him in the 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 center. Like they want to put him on that fine line between the two. Like he's not full babyface, but he's not full heel. It's like part. Good guy John Cena and part the Miz, like it's it, like he, he wants. He operates in this gray area. Yeah, and it, that was honestly, and I know I'm jumping ahead of myself, but that that was disconcerting for his for for me for his character because when you have someone like Tim Storm, who is like, yeah, he's he's you know an old veteran trying to get this one last good run in, and you have all these great things that sets up a great good guy versus bad guy story. And then you've got this amazing Yahoo in Josephus delivering this big manifesto about wanting to to fight Tim Storm. And and from the get-go, I was in. Yeah, well, so Josephus is like the third guy that they introduced in this series. And it and he definitely is the heel. So like at- he's he's a bad dude. He doesn't he he does the great heel thing of thinking that he's in the right. Right. He's, and I think it's what's fun about him is he does not, he's not one of those, he's not, he's not a bad boy, you know? Yeah. No, he's a zealot and that makes him way more fun. Right. Uh, so my question as, and this might be an annoying question for people who have listened to the first couple episodes or know a lot about the NWA, is Josephus the only kind of character they have in terms of the more outlandish kind of things where he's this like, you know, crazed, you know, spiritual character? Because, you know, back in the classic, you know, WWE, you had the Macho Man Randy Savage, you had the Ultimate Warrior, the Undertaker, Kane, Mankind, like crazy characters. Is he the only person that's that's a real character? I would say that thus far, Josephus is definitely the one that embodies that kind of thing. They need more um, of that. Wrestling yeah. in general needs more of that. Yeah, I mean, that is a thing that a lot of people are interested in in wrestling. I mean, it's tough right now because wrestling's in this place where they try to portray this reality aspect. Of everything, yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll get to that because I, I have I have some comments about um, or some questions about a further video that that touches in on that. 
So Josephus, yeah, he he definitely, like you said, is a zealot. I mean, Nick Aldis, I like what he does personally because he's a throwback oh, to absolutely. classic champions, I think. He looks um, like a champion. Yeah. You know, when yeah, he, when he walks into the room, we had this conversation before we started recording. When he walks in the room, you look at him and he's like, oh, man, that's a champion. He's he's confident. He's well-spoken. He's like super well-dressed. He's big as hell. Yeah. He has all the qualities that you, you want to see in a champion. somebody. Like, yeah. yeah, him walking through an airport or walking into a room, it will make people stop and be like, all right, who oh, is yeah. this guy? Oh, yeah, whiplash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's uh, truck down the video a little bit more here. Uh, the spiritual advisor gives Josephus 15 minutes a day of social media. And uh, I know, even just those little parts I love. Uh, so using that time, he found out that Tim Storm has lost the championship and that Tim Storm is blaming Josephus because uh, uh, if you're just tuning in, Josephus attacked Tim Storm brutally and uh, cracked some ribs with a ladder, that sort of thing. Josephus says that we live in a culture that blames everybody else and there's no reason to blame Josephus. He's the one who chose to go to CZW injured. Uh, Josephus doesn't blame Tim storm for losing 3% vision in his eye, which how, how, how do you judge that? <laughs> I don't know. I think that's what we talked about last episode. I, it's just like uh, what a, what a off the wall, percentage amount but I, I love that about his character is that he does these kind of nonsensical things and this is me personally this is just something i have i have missed from wrestling is having crazy characters i don't like the more reality infused stuff like some of the drama is fun but i don't want that to be the fuel i i loved the antics i loved how like in the late 90s and early 2000s wrestling was basically a super powered yeehaw soap opera I mean, even in, say, WWE right now, like the closest thing you have to somebody like this, I would say, is probably like a Bray Wyatt or something or like Finn that. Balor. He's yeah, got, Finn Balor. He's got the Balor demon. He has the demon thing, yeah. You know, I'm not even, honest to God, I'm not even keeping up with WWE as much anymore. I mean, no, I, 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 I mean, jam, we, we both go to the same pay-per-view events, but that's all I've done the last year. And and there is something, I guess I will kind of skip ahead a little bit. There There is an interview that... William Patrick Corgan gives to, to, I guess, a radio show, but talks about that he thinks that a a new golden age of wrestling is approaching. And, and I, I fully agree with him. I, I think he's right. Yeah. Because with the NWA kind of hitting the reset button and it's kind of back in its infancy, you also have the AEW that's, that's generating a lot of buzz. You have the potential of having multiple wrestling companies again and, and offering real competition to the degree that, that WWE superstars are really wanting to follow one of these two companies. That's right. And and the thing is, is that, like, I, I don't know how many people realize it, but you watch the WWE ratings right now, and they... They're still uh, not bad. Uh, no, no. As far as live television in the modern era, I mean, because a lot of things have changed from right. the Attitude Era. You know, like as far as how many channels there are, ways to consume right. content, that sort of thing. So there's all of that. Now, it's crazy to think about that the WWE in the ratings right now scores like a one point something when back in the day, they'd hit like an eight. I remember back in the day going to school the next day and every person in my class was talking about what happened on, it could have been Nitro. It was early raw, like I mean, just yeah, stuff like that, and people are like, oh man, did you see this, and 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 that's actually where I was headed is that wrestling lost a lot of people, not just 
like in a, in, a, in a period, there was like WWE versus WCW. And like some people, there were people that bounced back and forth. I was one of them. And then there were people that were like WCW loyalists and WWE loyalists. And when the merger all occurred, a lot of those people disappeared. It's not like everybody from WCW came to WWE. Right. They lost a lot of fans. And those fans, there were people that were really, really into wrestling that are just still out there somewhere that just stopped well, watching. And so this is what's so cool about the NWA is if you're a hardcore wrestling fan or, or have a love for wrestling history, it is clear that Billy Corgan and the people behind the NWA do too. Because they are taking some of these older wrestlers or some of these historic wrestlers and and either giving them uh, a new lease or at least giving them a degree of att- not attention, but um, no, I, I mean I, I think that's a decent word for it too. I mean, I was at uh, the Crockett Cup a couple of weeks ago, and I mean the one thing you really get a handle on is like that that you sort of feel like WWE doesn't do well is that. They like WWE has the Hall of Fame, and it's like that's great. You know, you want people to be recognized, but it seems just kind recognition, of recognition. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, recognition. So they seem to have this aloof way of like, we'll just give it to these people, these people, and there's no respect. Or for example, and, and again, we're just get ready because Miles and I love going off. On yeah, the we, we, we <laughs> buckle up, Buttercups. <laughs> But uh, the way that they treated Kurt Angle this past year, for oh, example, it was insulting. Yeah, Kurt Angle was one of the greatest wrestlers that ever lived. I mean, and, and, I and really a legit phenomenal that. wrestler, not just a performer, but an amazing wrestler. He was a guy, yeah, who didn't grow up to be a professional wrestler. He like came from Olympic style wrestling. Yeah, did really well. Picked up professional wrestling like nobody's business and became a champion in WWE. Went on to TNA, and of course, his time in TNA is erased by WWE kind of expected that but for him to come back to WWE you expect like let's give this guy the respect he deserves especially right. if this is his last run let's treat him like he's a legend freaking legend because yeah. he is <laughs> and and that's one of those things where where he was doing the the general manager spot they should have just kept him there he should have never gotten back in the ring if that's what they're going to do with him yeah exactly you know, I'm for him getting in the ring if your goal is to make people remember why he was loved. Right. And, and as a fan, I get why you would want to see him in the ring again. I mean, I would love, health permitting, to see Paige in the ring again because I fucking love Paige. Right. But at the same time, I'm really enjoying the character she's creating as a manager character. Yeah. yeah. And and it's okay to let people gracefully age. You don't have to be – look, I know everyone wants wants to see like Triple H and Undertaker battle it out. But look, look at the look at their age and their condition. They they don't want to do it any more than we really want to see that. Like we, we when we say that we want to see like 1998 Undertaker and 2001 Triple H go at it. Exactly. And so one thing I really love about the NWA is that they take these guys and <clears throat> like at the Crockett Cup, we were there with legends of wrestling and and. Granted, I mean, a lot of people nowadays don't know these people. And and I say partially that's the fault of companies like the WWE, that they don't promote these folks I as agree. much as they should as legends, as historical figures. Uh, but Nikita Koloff was there and Magnum TA and these guys. The Rock and Roll Express competed in the Crockett Cup. and <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. And they were a team that, like, in their heyday were, like, the 
first boy band. They had enough of a match with the Briscoes that was they they lost in the first round, but they they looked as good as they ever did. And 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 now I do I think they could have had an hour long match? Probably not. No, and, but it's good to see those guys. I mean, it's like uh, when they did the Greatest Royal Rumble, and then you saw Rey Mysterio pop up for about three or four minutes. Yeah, yeah. But he looked amazing, and that was, that's what makes his WrestleMania appearance. He's WrestleMania another dude appearance. WWE that drives me nuts Yeah, right now. but his WrestleMania uh, appearance was not great, uh, mostly because he was – everyone knew he was injured. They should have – we are we are getting way, way, way off. I, I, <laughs> oh, I can just talk about wrestling all day long, so. So, Josie <laughs> – We're on video number two now. <laughs> Uh, sorry, folks. We're uh, we're working on it. We we actually recorded this this one time, and we went so far on a tangent. We went an hour in and only got through two videos, and, and we thought we, it was because we were we were a little tipsy at the time. No, it's just who we are as people. <laughs> it's just who we are. But you know what? Listen, we both love wrestling, and I, as as someone who listens to a lot of podcasts, when I love listening to tangents myself, especially when people are super passionate about it, and especially when I agree with them. Uh, and I feel like a lot of wrestling fans might agree with what we're saying yeah yeah i do i think i i 100 know that because at crockett cup again i met a few people there they would talk about how they appreciated the nwa because it paid respects to what came before and yeah. that it was i mean some of them legitimately got very passionate about this is saving wrestling like this is but i don't disagree with that because uh both the nwa and the aew you can tell the love in that that is going into these products. And that is one thing that I've taken away from watching the NWA as a fan of wrestling, as a fan of, you know, someone who wants to keep the thing a little pure. And I think that that's again, I don't want to keep talking about the WWE and how how far it's straight off the pack. It is it is very very exciting to see companies like the NWA thriving right now. Yeah, it it 100% is. And people that take it seriously. And look, I mean, we all know my, my thing has always been, even with the WWE, is like, we all know what this is. Right. We want to suspend our disbelief. Like, we want And there's there's no problem in. with that. No, no. I mean, I always tell people this with, like, if you go to a restaurant like Medieval Times, you They're not in. actually Medieval Knights. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler warning. Right. You buy in. Like, you just want to. It's fun. But they're actual like, performers in the same way that these people are actual athletes. Yeah. There is there is a, a high degree of athleticism that is required for professional wrestling. Yeah, and these people work hard at what they do. They have a craft, and they've perfected right. it. Whether or not the match is scripted, and, I, and I've heard from other wrestlers that some, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't, depending on the match and depending what's, how, on how it flows, it doesn't matter. If you, if you are delivering an amazing, athletic, and entertaining performance, it does not matter. That's correct. And it should be treated, because people are tuning into this to spend their disbelief, they want to buy in. Your job as a wrestling company, I think, is to assist that buy-in as right. much as possible. So whereas it seems like other larger companies might... Almost be embarrassed at what they are Which, or try to be goofy about it. And they shouldn't. I mean, look, one of the highest grossing movies now of all time is an Avengers movie. Right. And an Avengers movie that plays really loosey-goosey with time travel. Talk about suspension of disbelief. So if you can, if you can watch a three-hour Avengers movie that doesn't understand time travel, then you can watch some amazing athletes give you a cool performance. Yes, that's the thing. 
It's like if you you want to buy into a world heavyweight championship match, that's the same as seeing Captain America face off against Thanos and his whole army exactly. at the end of Avengers. You get jacked up and you're like, let's do this. Right. Like, I want to see it happen. But anyway, so uh, <laughs> we'll go back to the videos again. Uh, Josephus is full of bliss and love. He's composing stuff. He's he, he doesn't want anything from Tim Storm, he says in that first video. Except, well, actually, there is one small thing. He, he does want to fight. If Tim wants to fight, he'll find a place. And Tim Storm could put his shot at Nick Aldis for the championship up on the line. And Josephus would be interested in that. But that's all on him. Which brings us into the next video. I'm determined we're at least getting the videos. <laughs> no, um, I love it. I love it. Uh, this is why I love coming on your show, Gary, because I just <laughs> love chatting with you. No, no, it's a lot of fun. Uh, will Tim Storm put up his NWA world title match to fight Josephus? It's a phone call with Tim Storm after the holidays. Uh, Tim Storm says, he said, I love you, Timothy. There's no love there. You saw what he did to me. If you're going to have a period of contemplation, you need to address this fact. If you want to make this happen, we have a score to settle. Uh, he's n says, I'm not going to give a rematch up. Uh, I don't know who you think you are, but that's not going to happen. If you're the man you say you are, you just want to fight. Let's meet somewhere and fight. And so here was where I was like, yeah, he's got a point. Like, this was kind of shoddy writing because it's like, why would Tim Storm, like, even bother? Because he won the last match. And why, why would he give up his... Well, I, I don't know if it's shoddy writing. I mean, I, I no, think... No, 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 no. When I watched it. However, because I was like, I was like, Tim Storm has nothing to gain from this this call out. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, it makes perfect sense that Josephus would ask for it. Right. And Tim Storm would be like... When I saw like. it, I thought it was shoddy until... Until we got to the next the video. The next video, and then I was like, this is brilliant. Yeah, Josephus. Because the writers knew... That you would think, why, why would Tim Storm do this? Who, who gives a shit? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the next one is Josephus and his spiritual advisor. Uh, and their shocking actions towards Tim Storm. So Josephus is... I got comments is, on that too. But <laughs> Josephus is pacing. He gets one rage moment per day, according to his spiritual advisor. And... Tilda Swinton. I, Looks exactly I've, like Tilda Swinton. I know you are you are super attracted to the spiritual advisor. I am attracted to the spiritual advisor. I can't explain it. It's just... I get it. Head or something. I don't know. I think she's... We, we all have... You and I have an understanding about the... the, <laughs> the <laughs> we do. We always, like, fall for the same horror movie characters yeah. and everything. So, got a thing for the spiritual advisor. Not ashamed. Anyway, they want to spread enlightenment and love to someone else. And they're going to do it tonight. And they show up at Tim Storm's damn house. I thought it was his daughter's house. Or his daughter's house. I wasn't clear on that. I guess it's his daughter's yeah, that, house. So, <laughs> but here's the thing. is like, all right, so here's the, the shocking thing. is like, I mean, they ring a doorbell and no one's home, so they just leave? Like, I get it. I get I get why it's like a threat. But at the same time, it's like, oh, well, no one's home. We're going to go home now. It's not like they broke in and like he pissed on the carpet or something. Like, they, they uh, didn't. Well, but. I, I get where Tim Storm's coming from. But like like seeing it, they they film it very well. So it looks threatening because there's the, the night vision and the, and the security cameras and everything. But when I thought about it again, I was just like, well, they just kind of went to the door. No one was home. Yeah, but Miles, <laughs> you have. Uh, we have no idea what was going to happen. We don't. And also what I would put forth is that, you know, not to give too much away about your personal life, but you have a very lovely girlfriend. And 
if that that that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. If you were at work one day and somebody had an issue with you, right? Yeah. And they're like, I mean, no, that's a that's a fair. They point. knew you were at work, and they just go show up at your place. Oh, you also you know my girlfriend because she'd open the door and go hello. I know she'd be super sweet about it. That's part of the problem though because they have ill intentions. They're big jerks. You are one hundred percent correct. I am. I'm wrong. The next video is Tim Store versus Josephus. The stipulation and location is revealed, and there you find out that Tim Store's daughter wasn't home. But Tim Store says. You have opened the gates to hell. You want to see the dark side of Tim Storm? Is that what you want? Because that's what you're going to get. And I don't care where it is. I don't care what I have to put on the line. I don't care what you want. Because like I said, you've opened up the gates of hell. I will hunt you down as long as I have breath in my body and my heart is beating. I am going to finish you. It's a great (laughs) performance. That is a fantastic performance because... Nothing is better than seeing the baby face crack and have this like moment of rage of righteous indignation. And that's where like, as a viewer, you're like, yes. Yeah, like you have, him. Like, I mean, exactly. You've unleashed the, the gates of hell. Like, I was like, oh man, this is this is fantastic. He says, You want the dark side of Tim Storm? You got it. He doesn't even care what happens now. It's own. And and this is where my prior concerns about like, well, who gives a shit? Is like, okay. They, they up the stakes and they give the good guy character like throws caution in the wind. is like, nah, I'm going to f*** you up. Like <laughs> you, you messed up. And I love that. Like, again, as a fan of wrestling storytelling, it's compelling. It's fun. You've got a crazy character, a good dude. And everything they did as far as story beats was was perfect. I love that I've kept it PG all up until this episode. And <laughs> oh, was it supposed to be a PG show? No, I don't know. I, I guess we're going to find out if anybody cares. I bleeped out Justin at one point. Oh, <laughs> the first. My bad. I, I, <laughs> no, you're fine. I'm so used to being your other show that I forgot. No, that uh, cursing. Uh, is... I did not establish that ahead of time. So I just thought you were a family man. That's all. No, Speaking you did not. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of family man, uh, Josephus it pops back to him and the spiritual advisor. Josephus says. Yeah, I get it. You're upset. I understand, family. The spiritual advisor is my father, my brother, my mother, my uncle, and my sister. It made me think, Which I'm makes a sure. future video way more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. And I'm not sure that he understands family. So, But you're right. It is going to make a video <laughs> very awkward. Anyway, that's not how this stuff works, Joe. He calls him in this video, by the way, Timothy Ulysses Storm. And I don't know. If it doesn't matter. That is such an amazing name <laughs> and an amazing uh, delivery that it does not matter if that's his name or yeah. not. So you find out here that uh, he has called the impact zone where Billy used to be. Which is cool. It's, it's, a, it's a cool bit of tying into your history. And it's also a pretty solid little venue. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a really cool place. Uh, so for those that don't know the history, I mean, the short version of it, and there may be more of a story here later down the road, uh, which is stuff I'm finding. But So Billy Corgan kind of bought into TNA Impact, or right. I think it was before it was, or after it was TNA, but he had like loaned them money as far as I understand. Like He was in it, and if they defaulted at a certain point, like he could take it over. He ended up becoming the president of Impact, but then they Well, because he tried to back out, didn't he, at one point? I don't know if it was that he tried to back out so much as like he something had happened that should have made him in charge of it for the right. amount of time and money he'd invested in it. They fought back. There was a big court process. 
And I think it kind of boiled down to they stopped fighting because they're like, these guys are burying the name anyway, so this is not going to go anywhere. Let's do something different. Uh, he and David Lagana. Mm-hmm. And so that led to them finding out about the NWA and how much they could pay to get it instead and start their own thing from scratch, which personally I'm glad happened now. Yes. But it seems as though since then they've rekindled a bit of a relationship. They're okay with each other. And so we get to have a match here in the impact zone, a match where Josephus says, and I quote, would I beat you and leave you in a steaming pile of your own fecal matter? Whoa. WTF, Joe. Well, you know, he may have watched that that's one CM Punk match <laughs> Yo, from Europe. Where he craps his pants? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Josephus is off the rails now. And even the spiritual advisor is kind of like giving a look to the camera like, whoa, what? <laughs> come down, dude. Honestly, watching the videos with the, the spiritual advisor, she always has these offhand expressions while he's talking. She's- like, she's the one to watch because listen to him, but watch her because sometimes she'll give these random looks and I'm like, I love this. This is yeah. this is so much fun. This is everything I want from a wrestling character. She's wonderful. Anyway, the spiritual advisor says this is his destiny and he'll be the greatest NWA champ at all, of all time. <clears throat> Which takes Takes us into the next video, which is the rules for Josephus versus Tim Storm. It's an empty arena match. Uh, plus, there's some commentary from Austin Idol. Uh, this is a breaking news segment, like the NWA. I think it's super cute, though. I like it. You like it. Fred hated it. He can hate it all he wants, but that. Not to discount Fred, but that that's one of those dramatic storytelling flares that I love. That's one of those things where if you're a fan of the storytelling, it's going to add just a little bit of panache to it. That's all it is. It's it's garnish, but it's it's a specific kind of garnish that I like. Like it, it just adds that little bit of dressiness to the storytelling that makes it more engaging for me. Yeah, that's that's an interesting to see the other side of that. So this breaking news segment uh, establishes the rules that it's an empty arena match, which has essentially no rules. Basically, no countouts, no DQ, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it was just like, don't kill each other, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So there's a history of empty arena matches. Uh, so, I mean, it goes back to Jerry the King Lawler versus Terry Funk and what? I mean, Mankind mm. and the Rock ended up having one at like a Super Bowl halftime show, which is pretty famous. Uh, yeah. Back in the day. But anyways, but again, like you're, you're, when you bring up Mankind the Rock, it's like, yeah, two of the biggest characters they've had in the last 25 years. Like, you're 100% right. So they get on a phone call with Austin Idol. He says he doesn't even care what they do. Why should Nick Aldis and him care what they do to each other? He says it looks like Larry, Curly, and Mo Cephas. And <laughs> I remember that. I mean, that makes sense, I guess. Uh, he says Storm got caught sleeping. He lost his title. He's supposed to be an educator. He couldn't even see us coming. And Nick Aldis is the real deal. I mean, it kind of makes but, sense. But like, that's the kind of thing that, and again... Not to bring it back to the WWE, which I know we've, we continuously do, but but the reason that I'm doing this is because this is what is so refreshing about the NWA. It's bringing back manager characters, you yeah, know, yeah, and and things that have been missing from wrestling, and that's what I'm I'm looking for in places like the NWA and the AEW is to have legit competition. You have to fulfill the roles that are, have been missing from the thing you're competing against, and that's one thing that the NWA is doing pretty well is they're using not only just a manager character, but hey, he's a legendary 
person, you know? Right, right. Then the very next video we get is the Tim Storm versus Josephus Empty Arena match. It's from Impact Wrestling, uh, January 14th, night. Uh, 1918 2018 <laughs> in the impact zone in orlando florida they time traveled there's a ring announcer for some reason <laughs> and i don't know i i was caught off guard because when, when I, I guess i i forgot the rules of a no arena match and so when i saw a ref and announcers i was like i thought there was supposed to be nobody here i thought we we're just gonna watch the cameraman just like film these two assholes <laughs> yeah but the, the ring announcer also says josephus is making his way from the mojave desert which we saw Josephus on suspension, so I'm yeah. not sure that's entirely accurate either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no. And th- so here it was my first big criticism, is they had been building up this, this Josephus versus Tim Storm match. And at first, Tim Storm just beats the living hell, uh, Josephus. And and you, you're kind of with him at first. You know, he's got the righteous indignation that I talked about. But it's like half the match. He's just kind of like beating him around the bleachers. And it's... After about two or three minutes, it gets boring. I, I think they're trying to tell the story of like Tim Storm losing his mind as well in the process. I think that's I could part see that. I could see that. But but yeah, I get what you're saying. It it does seem a bit long. If it's I'm not being visually entertaining. Yeah, yeah, especially with no crowd. I mean, they try to do a couple of things. Uh, there is an announce team. Jeremy Borash uh, is on loan from TNA. There, he's he was famously with impact wrestling and he's legit one of the best announcers of the business he actually works with if i'm not mistaken nxt now he's already been signed right. by them and moved there as well as samuel shaw who was the other which if there if there's a thing to, to really say about the wwe is nxt is kind of where it's at as far as like legit cool wrestling yeah and samuel shaw who was the co-announcer here is now a signed wrestler with nxt or an nxt prospect You'll, you'll be seeing more of Samuel Shaw later, by the way. But yeah, no spiritual advisor this time. Josephus just brings out a picture. and uh, Which he does fairly often. Yeah, it's fun that it's just... Uh, it's fun that they're in the impact zone, which might be familiar to a lot of people. Right, no, I, but th- I, could, I thought that was cool. But I could get you being critical because, Miles, you're actually seeing, I would say thus far, more actual wrestling matches in our stuff than the other two episode you know guys on the episode well, I, I get you. it you want to save the best for the best i get it right right but but yeah you get to see more actual wrestling matches those guys ended up getting through like you know several videos and getting like a match or two and you're getting a few i got like, like four I think. yeah i think about four once they're in the ring it's pretty fun yeah. once, once like it's like 15 minutes into the match it feels like and then they get in the ring and i mean both are exhausted because tim storm has been wailing on this dude for a good 10, 10 to 15 minutes. Now, there's stuff I like about it. Like, Tib yelling at him and Josephus screaming. Right. And, it's like, it's, it's fun, but it's not just this for 10 minutes fun because... Josephus when, begging for mercy. When you say it, when you say it, 10 minutes, oh, that's not that very long. But when you actually sit and watch something for 10 minutes that's not just scripted television, 10 minutes is a long time. Yeah, it does feel like they could have gotten the point across a little quicker, I, I suppose. To but, like the point where Tim Storm's just like tossing chairs in the ring. Like, chairs are coming in the ring now. You want to bring in my grandchildren? I'm a freaking school teacher! Yeah, so that <laughs> stuff is fun because, yeah, he's, he's kind of, you know, cracking. And Joseph is actually starting to fight back a little bit. Yeah, he and, screams, Enlightenment! Man! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is amazing. It, and honestly, it reminded me of a stupid scene in the league where the dude starts screaming, Gattaca! Oh, yeah. Um, but no, it's just, it's it becomes more engaging. 
And then there are some really, honestly, dangerous stunts. Yeah. Like, I mean, when, when I saw that, I was genuinely worried for Tim Storm when he brings the two ladders out, and then he falls off the ring, hits one on in the middle of his back, and then falls on the other ladder. Whether or not it's just a stunt, that hurt. <laughs> that That is the ending of the match. Tim Storm takes that nasty bump, and uh, yeah, it, and, and, it, and it comes at the at the expense of uh, Tim Storm's eyes, because Josephus does seem to put some uh, salve in Tim Storm's eyes, which is why it took 3% of Josephus. <laughs> which is fun. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun. And all of this leads into, up until this point, probably my favorite video of the whole thing, uh, which is Josephus celebrating the empty arena match. He has bought out a bar. So which, which, which calls back to why it doesn't make sense for her to be his mother, father, sister, brother, <laughs> uncle. We're having a party. We're having a party. We're having a party. That's actually a really good impression. <laughs> also, yeah, we're having a party, but there's no one else there. No, he only invited <laughs> the spiritual advisor. And uh, there's the bartender who he has named Corgan. It's a bearded man wearing a Sandman t-shirt. Spiritual advisor shows up on the motorcycle. She comes in and yeah, Josephus says, your name is Corgan tonight. And that's what I'm going to, when I say your name, you appear. So Josephus does a toast to Tim, who has the best tan in wrestling, uh, his daughter, Nick, and his short stint with the title, the universal heartthrob, who he calls the women's pet and the men's regret. I guess that's Austin Idol's catchphrase. Uh, yes. <laughs> he says they're going to regret mocking the spiritual advisor. And a toast to Billy Corrigan. He's Billy now, right? Yeah, the spiritual advisor says he's Billy now. <laughs> which uh, is, which is, I don't, I, I, I laughed at that. I thought it was pretty funny. Like, so I like to give Billy Corgan a lot of guff for many things from the last fifteen years. But and when you hear, and I'm gonna take a break to talk about this for a second. When you hear that uh, any any celebra- celebrated person, any celebrity, gets involved in something like professional wrestling. It always does seem like a vanity project. Very rarely do you think, oh, this person genuinely loves it. And to give Billy Corgan his credit, you can tell the man loves wrestling. 100% you can. And uh, two things on what you just talked about real quick. At the Crockett Cup, the wife and I, like, we got our chance to take a photo with Jim Cornette and Billy Corgan. And Jim Cornette being a very famous heel manager. And uh, it was with the Crockett Cup. So that was like a photo op that came with the VIP package. So we lined up to do it. And Jennifer and I both had paid so she could get her own. But she was like, oh, no, I don't want to go up there by myself. So uh, they were like, are you guys coming separately or together? And I was like, we're coming together because uh, she's intimidated by these guys. And Jim Cornette and Billy Corgan both laughed. And Billy Corgan was like, yeah, I don't blame her. It's the biggest heel in wrestling and the biggest heel in rock and roll. I, I'm glad he, had, he does have that self-awareness. And, and sometimes I wonder how much of it is him trying to be a heel in rock and roll. Well, sometimes. that was going to be my point is I think a lot of times he pushes buttons and, and, and he tries. And I, and I, I understand that. But like, and it's probably I don't, don't want to get off on a political tangent at right. all. So I'm not going to. But I mean, I... I Grew up a Smashing Pumpkins fan, and right. their last album was pretty damn good. But 
when it, whenever you see that, you do you do call in a question, and it, it is unquestionable that Billy Corgan loves wrestling, respects the history of wrestling, and that's a big thing. Is everything that he has done with his iteration of the NWA has come out of love and respect with right. everything he's doing. And the only criticism I have for for Corgan is I do want him to. There's a couple of videos, and I know we're going to talk about it, but there's a couple of videos where he kind of plays the manager character. Right. And I wish he'd play that up a little bit. I could see that. I, I could see what you're talking about because there is a story to be told that's coming up later between like him and Aldis that I wish he got a little... Yeah, because he, he just kind of makes an off-the-comment remark and... Well, we'll get to it. We'll yeah, get to yeah it. we'll get to it. Uh, so to your point is at the Crockett Cup, one thing I really did enjoy is that appreciated, I should say, respected is that I agree with you that you think a lot of these things would be vanity projects. But at the Crockett Cup, literally the only time you ever saw Billy Corgan was one brief moment. He came out to ringside for the finals of the Crockett Cup and stood with the Crockett family and like posed for a photo. And then he just sat down at ringside to watch the match. Which, you know, which is really cool. And I also have, like, weird feelings about. Because, on one hand, I kind of wish he would use his his fame to push the NWA a little bit more. Well, he, but I do like that he's letting it stand on its own merits. Well, he says in some of the earlier videos that you weren't a part of, but he, he does talk about that he does feel like one advantage he has is being able to open some doors into the mainstream that, like, normal wrestling promotions Absolutely. might not have. So he does appear like he was on like the Joe Rogan podcast and he was on. The, yeah, uh, I caught that one. Yeah. <laughs> and so wasn't great. Oh, come on, man. I like Billy. He's, and I, I like I like Billy. I don't like Joe that much. Oh, <laughs> that's too bad. Again, we're, we're not going to get into that. That's a whole other. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a, a whole other can of worms. <laughs> if you like him, that's fine. I don't have anything against you. Anyway, my, my point being is that he has appeared in some, he, he's appeared on Busted Open Radio. I know he's been like showing up in a few outlets and stuff, and I think he's planning on as they move along. Well, and we've seen a future video that there's a Smashing Pumpkins tour bus outside. I guess because I wasn't paying as much attention to the NWA at the time, I don't know how publicized that was. Right. And that's one thing, like, you know, what were the Smashing Pumpkins t- tweeting about, oh, their bus is outside the NWA, like, the, this this match, or... They and were. I, and they I don't know if you need to do that necessarily, because you don't want to have too much, oh, Billy's on his wrestling shit again, but... <laughs> but I think that that does also help. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, it, there, there's a balance there, for sure, and not necessarily everybody's going to be a part of that crossover, uh, I don't think, but... I, and I, I think he's probably still finding that balance. And uh, it, it's funny, you watch him like post on his Instagram or something. He's He'll post a bit about, he does like Q&As regularly. Yeah. And he'll say like, open for questions about, you know, upcoming album and blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, and people will ask like rock and roll questions. Every once in a while, there's like an NWA question slipped in. And then he'll post about questions about Crockett Cup, blah, blah, blah. And then there'll be like wrestling questions, but then somebody will slip in Smashing, like, Pumpkins. Smashing Pumpkins questions. So, and, so. And, then, and I guess because the Smashing Pumpkins have a, a very long and storied history with being a theatrical band. Right. And that's why I, I am a little disappointed in some of the videos I saw with Corgan that it wasn't more theatrical. And I know he wants to play the kind of straight and narrow manager, and that is fine. I just, I don't know if it's the writing. Or I didn't know if this was a video that was integrated into something else. But I, I do wish they would, if, if they're going to have Billy Corgan as the manager character, 
to push him a little bit more. Because I think he's a good presence, and he's an awesome presence to have. Right. Because not only does it bring a little gravitas to what they're doing, but if you have him be just a little bit more, just a little more oomph, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I Yeah, I think it's a matter of finding that balance. I think that he's approaching this trying not to make it a vanity project. And also, and, and I respect see- that, and I totally understand that you want the you want the thing to stand on its own. Right. But if you were going to play the manager character, you should play the. There's manager definitely character. moments where they're using him, like, and, and, and it feels like it's impossible not to use him. Right. His name's too big to not and mention him. Ever. As much as I have negative opinions about Vince McMahon, the man knows how to play the manager character. That's true. Yeah, he does have a very much a. Mr. McMahon character that became one of the arguably the greatest heel of all time. I guess. Right, but I, I'm not saying you have to you have to do what McMahon did, but just bring that sort of level of energy and weirdness to the role. Uh, there, there, we're going to get into that a little bit more as we uh, go along because I did I do actually have some comments on that uh, regarding his okay. his interaction with Nick Aldis. So, so to go back to the the Tim Storm Josephus fight. I don't want to take away <laughs> from this video this Tim Storm and Josephus or I'm sorry, the Josephus celebration at the party. Oh right, right. right. So the celebration. So um a lot of it is the repetition we're having a party. We're having a party. We're having a party. Party. And then he starts hitting on the spiritual advisor. Yes, Drunk Josephus is amazing. He starts putting those moves on the spiritual advisor. He says, uh, you know... I know you've taken a vow of chastity or purity or something. (laughs) Well, he says that, you know, talks about impure thoughts. Okay, it's been a while since I've watched this. (laughs) I don't think they mentioned the vow of chastity, but, you know, either way, who could blame him? But seriously, you know, props to her for expressing so many things with no words. Like, she is just... No, and she's she does a great job with her facial expressions. Like, to you needed someone who ha- it was very expressive. And for the spiritual advisor, you could not have picked a better person to do it. Yeah, she's she's doing great. He tries to hit on her a little bit, and he's like, I'm, I'm doing this all wrong. I'm going to draw it out for you. So it shows them, like, on a bench later. And he's, like, drawing her a diagram. This is you, and this is me, and blah, blah, blah. Then all of a sudden, he he feel, he says, I quote, I feel some enlightenment coming to me right now. <laughs> and he runs off. So he had to go number one or number two or... I think he was puking. Number three, if that's number three. <laughs> Pretty sure he was puking. I think that is number three. Yeah, puking is number three. He, he stumbles back out and goes to the bartender. Am I alive on Periscope right now? <laughs> and I love that. I forgot we're Periscope on, was a thing. Yeah, we're on Periscope Alive. Well, it's on my Twitter now, so it's just like going live on Twitter, right. basically. The bartender has to tell him your advisor bailed. But anyway, he finishes it out being drunk. We're having a party. <laughs> just left that. We're having a party. We're having a party. So, that was one of my favorite videos. Just a lot of fun. It, it, it is really fun. But again, I, that's why I love Josephus. He's such a character. I agree. The next video on the horizon, it's NWA 10 Pounds of Gold, number 12. So the the 10 Pounds of Gold are the most well-produced videos. I Mm -hmm. had originally considered only doing the 10 Pounds of Gold series, but I feel like we missed some gold like that previous video. Uh, Yeah, no, I I think you made the right call. So, uh, but but the 10 Pounds of Gold series is definitely where David Lagana, who's doing most of the shooting and the editing and stuff like that, is putting most of his effort into... 
Uh, and it's it's obvious, like you can see it. It, re- it really is because, again, for a small criticism to have about this is a lot of it does feel very homegrown. Right. Luckily, it doesn't feel like a shot was like like v- VHS camcorder, but it does feel a little lo-fi. Right. Uh, and you can tell when, especially in these 10 pounds of gold videos, that all of a sudden the quality just pops up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so this one is a... <laughs> so this is just uh, Nick Aldis laying on a beach, and he does say at one point, he, he's talking about that everything I say is coming from me. Everything I say is mine. It comes from my heart, my brain, and my balls. No one's telling me what to say. Ever. Did he say my balls? I'm pretty sure he said my balls. <laughs> that's That's something. Anyway... So they're talking about they're heading into the 70th year of the NWA. Which is insane. Yeah, it's a new dawn. You get a little bit of Nick Aldis just kind of talking about himself. All that matters here is that it's how you see yourself. I see myself as a champion. One of the cool things I thought about these videos is that you get to kind of see how Nick expresses. He expresses that he respects and honors the tradition of what came before him. But he's also, he thinks he deserves having that on him as well. He's confident, maybe even cocky, but he's not like disrespectful cocky for the most part. Yeah. There's like a layered approach to who this guy is. And and I can say from personal experience, I met the dude and this is legit him. Like there is something about him. He was perfectly nice to me the whole entire time I talked to him, but he was very confident. I'm curious about that because he also knows he's meeting fans. He's got to he's got to be that person, you know. Yeah, you know, you, you don't want to meet Nick Aldis, especially when again he's not a character. You don't want to meet him and him kind of be like, "Hi," yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. There was nothing about that like him. Like he was, he was just cool. Like he was just real laid back and real cool. But he had that approach to like when he stated an opinion. You could tell that he felt very strongly that he was right. Right. <laughs> and, and so we probably even know people like this, but. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you say probably. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was very, he was very confident that what he was saying was accurate. And, and that was, but I in a guy, that. in a guy that looks like him. Mm-hmm. And who has the championship. I mean, that is part of it. And we talked about this more. He, he looks like a champion. Yeah, exactly. And so he does not doubt that he deserves to be the world champion. He thinks he's the best person for the spot. And he I don't know. I I don't know. Uh, David Arquette, I think, should be the the next champion. Do you? Well, I don't know if you know this already, but David Arquette will be showing up later. I I, I have heard. That's why I said that, because I was (laughs) super excited about that. (laughs) Okay, I was about to say. I can't wait for, like, you know, the Dewey Downer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, Nick yeah, Aldis, he does have a chip on his shoulder, too. You can tell that, too, because what I wanted to get to is that he does mention the trolls and stuff like that. And I'm assuming he's seen this somewhere because he puts on his little troll voice and he's like, I'm sure there are people out there that are going to be like, when is he doing des- to deserve a shot? So he goes into like, I'm one of only two men to ever defeat Sting via submission. Uh, I could not find out who the other person was, by the way. I want to think it's maybe like Bret Hart or somebody, but well, I don't but know. But also, I mean, not to take away from his accomplishment, but by the time that Nick Aldis beat Sting, 
Sting wasn't exactly in mint condition. Oh, sounds like you're starting a feud with Nick Aldis. Fred I'm, I'm not with Lagana. No, I'm not. I think I I think Nick Aldis is is awesome. I'm just I'm just saying like it it's one of those weird things, and this is the weird thing about wrestling. Because I mentioned this when we talked about like seeing the Undertaker and Triple H battle now you can use these names because they're legendary names but they mean a little bit less this this is actually an argument to the for the current state of wrestling is like what other stars are there that you can throw out there now he does try he does throw in that he defeated bobby Roode, aj Styles, samoa joe so um, two of those really bear any weight sure so Samoa Joe and AJ Styles, right. I'm assuming, is what you're talking about. Yeah, they're not to disrespect Bobby Roode, but like they're like he's been downgraded. By right, WWE. AJ Styles' stock has still stayed pretty high. I don't know why. Like I, I like AJ Styles fine, but like I, again, I usually side with the the heels because they're more exciting. But I, I'll give I'll go Styles this. He's he's way better on the mic than uh, Roman Reigns was. But I was always rooting for Shinsuke, so. I, yeah, <laughs> but Shinsuke's another one. I mean, if we're going to get into that. Well, yeah, I mean, but I'm again, we will get into the whole problem of, right. of, of everything wrong with the WWE. But no, no, I, I, think, I, Sti- think, I think Shinsuke Sti- and AJ Styles are both in a company where they're not pushed to oh, be better than they and are I, right And now. I hope one or both of them goes to either AEW or NWA because I think they would excel there. And and again, I think AJ Styles is a great wrestler. I was talking about the character they were they were kind of using. Well, well, AJ's AJ's mostly yeah. He's he's just been an amazing wrestler, like, right? Because just... when he was on the independent circuit, he was fantastic. And because was was Nick Aldis temporarily in NXT? Mm, I don't think so. Or was he just, was he was he just doing independent stuff with people who went on to do NXT? Yeah, he's done that okay. for sure. And he did TNA. So like okay, AJ okay. and Samoa Joe were both there. He was tag team champions in TNA with Samoa Joe, if I'm not mistaken. So and I did not follow TNA ever. I, I, so. I didn't really either, but God, him and Samoa Joe sounds like a kind of an unbeatable combo to be to be perfectly honest, just from pure athleticism. Right, right. And size. <laughs> So uh, in, in this one, you get uh, a little bit of the story of TNA, like how they started off as a branch of the NWA when the NWA had started, meaning a lot less. Yeah. They were trying to bring it back initially. They kind of broke off from there, but you do get a little bit of a vid- visual of uh, like Ricky Steamboat talking about the 10 pounds of gold being the Stanley Cup and the World Series and all of those things. And uh, you get a little bit of Nick Alda saying, if my opinion of myself, I, I just liked this quote. If my opinion of myself, if it's high, it's accurate. <laughs> and I loved that part. And then the very next video is Aldis announcing, and I know you love this part, is the very first announcement of Aldis announcing the Aldis Crusade with the 10 pounds of gold. Okay, so so Gary has heard me bitch about the Aldis Crusade for the last few weeks now. It is not that I have a problem with Nick Aldis or the Aldis Crusade. It's that there are so many videos... And again, I, I know I just watched a playlist, so I don't know if if this was spaced out between ten videos when NWO was putting these things out. I saw about like the like the four or five videos I watched that were, were story point things were all about the Aldis Crusade that all repeat the same exact thing. They do, and and uh, and so I want to tell you that the difference that you just is, hate me and you wanted me to watch the same thing over and over again. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just that. These videos you watched, you have to consider, and I'm not saying like you, you've made a mistake by not, but no, 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 I understand that. Watch I'm, I'm, I'm back, asking, but they came out weeks at a time. Okay, so so they were doing the thing that the WWE does, and and so that that's a question I have. This is a good time to bring this up uh, for NWA. Is the YouTube the only way to watch what they do currently? Um, so either live or 
the YouTube stuff. There's yeah, no, there's no channel that comes shows, on, nothing. Yeah, no channel that comes on. No like, pay per view, nothing. All of their well, all of their story is YouTube. They have had now since All In. All In was their first like matchup that appeared on pay per view. But that and, was AEW, wasn't it? Or what became AEW? Well, we'll get we'll get down that sure. road eventually. Yeah. But yeah, they've only had that you I keep referencing Crockett Cup, but Crockett Cup would have been the third time that they've appeared on what you would call pay-per-view. Okay, so so I'm, I I guess the reason I I'm at not, this point, no. Okay, so the reason I'm asking that is if that's the case, if if YouTube is the the main way to get the NWA stuff outside of seeing them live, why have these repeating things because unlike the WWE, where you you know some people may not watch every week or whatever, you have to actually go to YouTube and and watch the NWA stuff. So you would you would you would assume that those people would keep up with these stories. Why do you need that repetition? Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, like I, I'm not really being accusatory. I'm I'm generally from a story point, like if I'm watching the NWA and I've either even from where I started now, because you know. From what you showed me, I would remember what the Aldous Crusade was because he never shuts up about it. But, <laughs> but, but I don't. I don't need ten minute videos that define it for me because a lot of the videos that we watched for that that had specifically had to do with the Aldous Crusade were virtually the same. You know me. I try to have. I, I try to balance my opinion. And watching this again, I can see what you're saying. At the time that it was all happening, when I was watching it. I did not feel it as being repetitious. Like, I, I did not. Yeah. I didn't catch that. Now, because we that watched a few be, together. And yeah. I, and I know you had the peanut gallery with me, but I was like, wait, here we go again. <laughs> no, no, no. No, 100%. You're right. And and, and I even uh, made notes about it. But the at the time, it was like you'd get a video of Nick Aldis announcing the Aldis Crusade. And then it was like two weeks later. And, 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 and to and, be perfectly honest, to, to give it credit. If it's a few weeks apart and a few videos apart, I get it. Yeah. Like, I, I get why, like, you know, just keeping that flavor in there is fine. Like, I actually, the one video I really liked a lot uh, pertaining to the Aldous Crusade was the uh, Fox Carolina interview they did. Yeah. Well, that's coming up. But... I, I, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> but but that, that kind of stuff I enjoyed because it was fresh. It was new. And I'm like, oh, this is how he's representing the company. This is cool. Yeah, so so the announcement of the Aldis Crusade for me at the time was I, I swear to you was he announced the Aldis Crusade. He had this like promo like he was a king, like a conqueror. Yeah, and the and the announcement was cool. The announcement was very very cool. I'm talking about I'm the subsequent 45 the videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's saying I'm going to defend the title 20 times in 60 days. Like I'm going out all over the world, and I bought a shirt. At the time, I have it still. The I have the Aldous Crusade T-shirt. That's and, cool, though. Like, and, I mean, and so I it's was so funny because I've, 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 I feel like I've given the Aldous Crusade so much shit. I think it's one a very cool branding. Top, no, no, no. Uh, but I'm trying to be understanding of what you're saying because um, at the time, I just remember there being space. I remember literally like tweeting out at the time to NWA, give us updates. Where's the Aldous Crusade today? Okay, see that that makes more and, sense to me. If there, if there is all this space and all this content between these videos, again, I'm just watching a playlist. Yeah, yeah, you are getting it all. So the fault is yours. 
Yes. <laughs> but no, I, no, I, no, it's not. You're getting a playlist like specifically in order of the videos they release. So this is a thing even I talked to Fred about on the previous episode that it there is a troublesome aspect sometimes to like trying to go back through and watch it because. Well, and I think it, it's, a, you, it's a trap of current wrestling storytelling. Yeah. You know, um, we went to the same uh, SmackDown match last year, and it was during that period where uh, Samoa Joe and AJ Styles were having their rivalry. And every single time we saw them on TV, and especially at our match, it was all Samoa Joe calling AJ Styles out for being a bad family man. Right. That, that whole thing, but it was every single time. And I get that you may not watch wrestling every week. But some people do. But I also understand that, like, if you're going to pro- proliferate a story, you should probably space it out a little bit. You know, you don't have to beat it over everyone's head. You know, yeah, like yeah. make it a news bite. Don't don't be like, you know, we're touring in your town. Where you're going to get the same shit that we gave, you know, Oakland, you know. Right. Right. No, that that makes a lot of sense. So. But uh, I, I do I do like, like Nick Aldis. I think I think he's a tremendous athlete. And I think he's a fun character. I didn't I didn't. I do feel like I've come a little a little negative on. <laughs> no, I think you're an ass. No, no, no. I mean, no. you're not wrong. <laughs> no, I get it. I mean, when you're watching these videos play, well, so we'll get there because like the next video, it jumps right into Tim Storm talks retirement versus Ricky Mandel championship wrestling from Hollywood. You get a little teaser at the beginning. Tim Storm like throwing a can, like he's pissed off about something that it goes to two hours earlier. Is that the one where he throws that water bottle in a weird way? Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe it was a water bottle. Because um, he, he, he storms out of, uh, of, of in, in the video itself, he storms out of the arena or whatever. Right. And just throws a water bottle. And then it like 24 hours earlier, whatever whatever the time period was. It was two was. hours earlier. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm dumb. Um <laughs> You said it, but that match was pretty fun, and and I, I guess I guess that's why I became more critical of the match versus Tim Storm and Josephus because one, Tim Storm's a damn good wrestler, like, and I wanted to see that because I was really enjoying Josephus, and I know they wanted to emphasize the character stuff with him, but seeing that match, I was like, man, he's a good wrestler. This is fun. Yeah, it was a good match. It's also, I want to say, really cool of like David Marquez, who's the announcer there, and I think the owner of Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. If I'm wrong about that, I apologize. But Championship Wrestling from Hollywood seems to be like the first people on board with the NWA, like letting them partner up. Yeah. And so that's kind of cool they get to show up there. It starts off with David Marquez interviewing Tim Storm about there's rumors he's just going to retire. He's done after losing to Josephus. He gets interrupted by this guy, Ricky Mandel. I don't know Ricky Mandel very well. I hate, by the way, that there's like three to four people in that crowd that keep chanting what? Like <laughs> the what chant is the worst thing that Stone yeah. Cold Steve Austin ever brought to wrestling. He like created some of the best stuff and the yeah. worst thing that wrestling has ever gotten is that freaking what chant. Anyway. Th- th- there's Yeah, there's a couple things that I have that, that, like that as well. Tim says Ricky made his decision for him because he like basically gets in his face and is like, why don't you just give up? You've already said you're going to give up. But Tim Storm says he has gas in the tank. You like the fuse? You better be ready for the dynamite. Tim Storm is the king of uh, catchphrases, by the way. And he's great. I wish, honestly, from what I watched, I wish more of those wrestlers had catchphrases because Tim Storm is great on the mic. And that, for me... Is rare for a baby face. There's just something real about him. Yeah, but so he, few he of them can't can help like but be real. There are so many uh, heels that that are usually super charismatic. They they have badass lines, 
from The Rock to even uh, at one point Steve Austin. Like every, everyone who's who's been a heel usually is pretty awesome, right? And so to have a baby face who can throw it back and come up with these badass lines. I mean, it's been a long time since we had that. Right. Like, since we had a, a baby face that was actually good on the mic. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, they're, yeah, that's a good point. And who, who was the last baby face, even in WWE, that was really good on the mic? I mean, I, I think there's guys that are, so I think there's there guys, guys who are popular, but I wouldn't even say good. Like, I, I think, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even give John Cena credit. I, I think, wow. <laughs> I think John Cena's good. He's good, he's passable, but he's not given, like, awesome lines. Yeah, I think that a lot of guys are hampered by what they're allowed to do is the problem. And that, and, and you're probably right. I, I, I probably shouldn't give John Cena the, the mark against that because it's probably whoever was, you know, writing his stuff. I think a lot of these guys have scripts that they have to stick to. Yeah. And I feel like the NWA is very much giving them this, like... yeah. Can you make sure you hit a bullet point? And yeah, just, just go out there and do. And you know thing. what? You you know what? You're absolutely right because John Cena does have the charisma. Yeah, and he's got that for days, and a lot of baby faces don't. But but for Tim Storm to have these lines is so cool. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so Tim beats Mandel with the perfect storm, but the thing is, he continues to beat him down and. Gives a little impression that maybe he's lost it since then. You've got the dark side of Tim yeah, Storm. and I guess that was weird for me. Was there a follow up video to that? Because we see that like he, he's he's super angry about that. I guess because he was mad that he lost his cool. Yeah, he's upset about it. But but I mean, I was just like like watching the video. I was like, so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know that we actually get one in, in the playlist here. No, um, we we don't. That's why I was asking you because I I didn't watch outside the playlist. I'm trying to recall the next thing we. We see Tim Storm, but I can't. I'm rewatching these with you. I know he will show back up, but we'll see. He's Tim uh, Hurricane now. Tim Hurricane. <laughs> uh, the next video is Billy Corgan announces that Tommy Dreamer versus Nick Aldis for the House of Hardcore. And is this the one where he's like, you know, well, I'm the manager, so I tell you where you go. Is, is that this video? Yeah, as a matter of fact, it is. Uh, so you get a flashback of Tim where in a previous video, he offered Dreamer a shot. He said, anytime you're ready, you've paid your dues, you get a shot. And you get uh, Billy talking about his history with Nick Aldis, like how as he was coming into TNA, Nick Aldis was leaving TNA, but basically they crossed paths. Nick had a reputation for being kind of arrogant or like some people didn't like him. And The and professional term is ding-dong. <laughs> well, I've heard them have discussions or like since where Billy has talked about like at the time he never had a problem with Nick Aldis. Nick was very understanding, but that Nick Aldis was very much a person who cared about how he was portrayed on television and he didn't like things that he thought were stupid and he didn't want to be, you know, he was very particular and would have criticism for booking and that sort of thing. And so I think Billy kind of even took that as honorable a bit that I could, I could totally see that, that I mean, think, this think, guy think, thinking of Billy Corgan's career, like yeah. that, I feel like that would resonate with him. You're probably right. Like this is a guy I, who is the, I guess the question is what did he think was stupid? Like what, what does he not want to do? Yeah. I don't I, know. I, that's that's, that, I mean, that's the thing is like, yeah, you, like you tell me this and that makes sense, but I'm like, I'm like, what, what, what is he talking about? What, what specifically does he not want to do? Because that could lead to problems. That's you know? that's a good point. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing. I wonder I wonder where but what it was that Nick had a problem with. So but I, I think this is the video where 
uh, we, we mentioned earlier where Nick Aldis had, had kind of like directed the Aldis crusade and Billy Corgan was like, well, I'm a manager, so I'm going to send you where I'm going to tell you what the matches are. Yeah, Billy kind of establishes in this video that he says that Nick is out going out of his way to book himself in places and prove that he deserves to be the world champion. But he needs to know that at the end of the day, Billy Corgan is the person that right. finalizes and, decisions. And, and he that says, was where I was. I was like, I want Corgan to really like play this up. You know, I want him to be the manager. And it kind of felt like, you know, a regional assistant to the manager kind of like <laughs> affectation. And I mean, and I understand no, that. I feel that's, like you're trying to start a feud with Billy Corgan. I'm not. <laughs> but I, I know, I know Billy has a, uh, a specific affectation, you know, in his, in his daily life. And that's cool. But knowing that he can pull off the theatricality from the stuff that he's done in the past, I want to, I, I just as a viewer, I'm, I'm really not shitting on Billy Corgan. Just as a viewer, I want to see him elevate that manager character. Because if you're just spouting things off in a collared shirt, it works. But I know he can do more. Yeah, I, I imagine there's a little bit of uh, so, so essentially what we're dealing with here is that Billy says, you do whatever you want, but I've booked. You're facing right. Tommy Dreamer, and this is going to happen. And, and I get the feeling that... So so it does seem like that they're trying to have like a little bit of a struggle here. Right. They're hinting at it. The, yeah, exactly. It's it's a hinting at it. And it looks like, and this might be a thing where it was probably part of a larger interview with somebody, and he wanted to like add that little jab in there. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily a promo specifically for NWA, so I can appreciate that. But I, I, I do wish, and I understand that, especially the, that year, he was busy recording the new, the new Pumpkins record. That the most of the original line outside of Darcy was getting back together. So Bill, I, Billy Corgan had a big twenty eighteen. Yeah. So I get that he was busy. Right. So I can't, I can't shit on him for it. But if he's going to appear on camera and they're going to use that, like, just give it a little, little oomph, you know, just a little bit. <laughs> I, that, that's all I want. Like, because knowing that he's as big a fan of wrestling as he is, I want to see it succeed. I agree. I agree. I want to see it succeed as well. So the next video that comes up is uh, Josephus reacts to Tommy Dreamer versus Nick Aldis and the Aldis Crusade. Joe's having a moment of cre uh, clarity and luminosity thanks to his spiritual advisor. He luminosity. says that. luminosity. I think is that like program you could take where it, like trains your brain to like take quizzes. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, is it, is it not that uh, that organization that runs the world? Yeah, that's it. The yeah. luminosity. The, the luminosity. <laughs> We're having a party. <laughs> anyway. We're having a party. We're having a party. Uh, the spiritual advisor is telling him that he's going to hold that title. Josephus says, Nick's out there with the throbbing heart man, Austin Idol. He's walking on dangerous Phrasing. <laughs> Phrasing, Mr. Aldis, who I have struggled. And, and, and Gary can attest to this. I keep calling him Mr. Aldine. You do. You keep <laughs> I do not know why. I don't either. Jason Aldine's a country singer. Well, I, I mean, I know why, because my, my girlfriend's a massive fan of his for whatever reason. Jason Aldine? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Nick Aldis's wife is a country singer, Mickey James. So. Is she really? Yeah. She, she has country records. So. I had no idea. Yeah. So anyway, Josephus refers to himself at one point as Josephus. So it's that you know that really weird way of saying his name again. Uh, it's he says he's possibly just going to start showing up wherever Nick is, <laughs> which is like 
Stage five clinger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to show up where you are. Yeah. Yeah. That's dangerous. Uh, and then number 56, we'll just jump through real quick. The Aldous Address launches the NWA Network. Subscribe now. Nick gives a little history in setting up his vision. It, it is fun. Like you hear like a little bit of audio, Nick telling a story, a time when boys walked around as men with straps that meant nothing. He was talking about the period of the NWA that from where it kind of died off until now. Basically, this is Nick Aldis kind of setting up, like trying to establish himself as a champion. And it's launching the NWA network, which was their podcast network, which, okay, by the way, no longer exists. And I would dare say... We are picking up. So <laughs> that's oh shit. <laughs> yeah. So they do this crap. They launch the podcast, and you know, again, I mean, I've hitched my wagon to the NWA. Here I am. So I'm not talking too much crap, but I'm just saying they started a podcast network. They were going to have audio stuff like this of Nick Aldis telling his story, and then they just kind of abandoned it. So David Lagana. If you're out there listening, why don't you just put this on your feed? Because at least it's something. <laughs> Two drunk guys there. talking wrestling. Yeah, well, <laughs> there are people out there listening to this. They communicate with me. I have I know that it's a thing. So anyway. our friends. <laughs> no, not, not just our friends, pal. All right, so Miles, we have gone plenty of time. As always. Yes. We talk so long. So we're going to actually wrap up here for at least part one of this playlist. And uh, we're going to continue a little bit later with part two. And uh, we'll pick up with the James Ellsworth showing up in the NWA. Boy, oh boy. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Again, the podcast is at the NWA pod. Miles, where can you be found online? Uh, at the more you nerd. The more you nerd. I'm also at Rock and Roll Gary. Again, at the NWA pod. Thanks so much for listening. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> <laughs>